0: This is Live in Life with Brendan podcast, inspiring people to choose to focus on the positives and live a life with purpose. Welcome back to another episode of Live in Life with Brendan podcast. I'm so happy to have my guest on today, Ashley Dubose. Hey. Ashley, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm
1: so happy to be here.
0: Perfect. Great. Well, I just want you to introduce yourself to the audience here. Let them get to know you quick. Well,
1: hey, y'all. I'm Ashley Dubose, D-U capital B-O-S-E. Um, I'm a singer. I'm a mother. I I wear a lot of hats. Recently, I've um, been able to call myself a real estate investor or a real estate developer. I've also done gigs as a substitute teacher. I have a degree in math. Lots of things. But I think today's conversation is going to center around my my role as a sing, singer probably yeah
0: a little bit there
1: I do wear a lot of hats I do wear. I didn't even there, there's a fraction of them
0: that's all right it's good keeps your knowledge going
1: mm-hmm.
0: perfect well I wanted to kind of start off which is how we met and uh small world funny story mm-hmm. we actually both went to Gustavus Adolphus yes. um, freshman year same year I remember I'm not sure if you're going to remember this but I remember walking through our cafeteria, so we had a, I think it was a talent show for all the freshmen, because we got there a little bit earlier Mm -hmm. than the rest of the class.
1: Okay, I remember being there like a week early.
0: Yep, yeah, so we were a little bit earlier, so it wasn't fully packed, but Mm -hmm. still a lot of people there, and I was in line, and there were some bad singers, some bad performers out there, and I just remember hearing this, kind of laughing, kind of enjoying, and then I remember getting food and hearing your voice singing and i believe you were singing killing me softly and i had to just go get my food and stand in awe to you yeah. singing and it was unbelievable so i again i don't know if you remember that or not i
1: don't remember that moment i remember that we came early um i remember singing at gustavus but it wasn't that time i think it was my freshman year or it might have been my actually it was my my freshman year um, it was later on when it, we had everybody there so it must have been like another it was Gustavus Got Talent or something or.
0: oh the big competition that they held
1: yeah and okay. I, I did an original song so I remember performing in the cafeteria I don't remember this specific performance but Killing Me Softly is one of my go-to songs and I've been singing it ever since I was uh, little like seven six or seven years old okay when it was like big and on the radio and stuff the Fuji's rendition of it
0: yeah yep Course, so Mm -hmm. i remember hearing that and kind of following you ever since there being like she is definitely gonna make it soon and and so so, you know as as our freshman we were talking a little bit before i was injured after my sophomore year and you made it through your sophomore year as well at costavis um i don't know if we ever crossed paths in the dive um We probably did because yeah. I
1: I remember being there faithfully. Like it was like the church on Friday night. <laughs> right.
0: For all you that don't know, the dive is a dance club for basically underage students uh-huh. on campus. um It was an old swimming pool, and that's why they call it the dive, where everyone goes Friday night to the dance, and it they had act- a DJ. Oh yeah.
1: Who was the DJ? Was Aaron the DJ?
0: I don't remember uh, Aaron. Aaron Gibson. Classmates.
1: Or what? No, he wasn't the DJ because I remember seeing him on a dance floor. But yeah, no, it was like it was a party. It was Friday. a party,
0: and it was a lot of fun, <laughs> and a lot of Gustavus people enjoy this. A lot. Oh right?
1: man, the dive was like one of the best parts of, for, of my college experience at oh. Gustavus. It
0: was just so different, right? And mm-hmm. it was controlled; it mm-hmm. wasn't crazy. They didn't really let outsiders of Gustavus in there either.
1: They didn't, but we had some friends come from Mankato. Mm-hmm. And I actually remember some drama that unfolded um, one night in particular, um, with a friend of mine, or in his people from who came from uh, Mankato. But everybody's okay.
0: They just couldn't handle the dive.
1: <laughs> it was yeah. It was just like a little combustion,
0: right? So it's, much energy and- It's a small area too. Yeah. So no, that it was uh, sweaty. It was fun. Yes, <laughs> it was always a good time there. Mm-hmm um you know getting through those two years but i want to go back even more to you know as a singer you'd mentioned done quite a bit with singing as you grew up kind of when did it start who were some of your inspirations at the time i know you'd mentioned you sang the fuji's here when you were seven Mm -hmm. um what you know was it four was it five how did it all begin
1: well I remember like growing up, the music that really connected with me was like nineties R and B. Actually, so I always say that the the music that shaped me or informed my, I guess, my musical palette was nineties R and B, um, top forty like pop, like KDWB in Christian Alternative. So okay. KTIS. For those of you who who are familiar with like the Twin Cities um radio stations. So um it's is and then some gospel. So uh yeah, that's like genre-wise what I was influenced by, but I liked everything from um Tony Braxton and uh Destiny's Child later on when they came out and uh Aaliyah, definitely Lauren Hill um man, a lot of them Alanis Morissette, even, Jewel, like, Indy R.E. was a big influence on me. Yeah, I just have a very eclectic, um, yeah, eclectic taste and influence.
0: I like that. So do I. I feel like I like music from all different genres. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of shaped the way that I can listen to, and I feel like it it pulls out emotions for me. I use music as therapy all the time, whether it's to with the mood that i'm in mm-hmm. or kind of help me get out of a mood that i'm in mm-hmm. so i'm constantly listening to music so i listen to definitely all those artists that you have eminem um, just, oh, like I, rap rock yeah pop i mean i've listened to everything. everything
1: the only thing the only two well not just two but like i can't really get down with like heavy metal
0: mm-hmm.
1: i can't understand like why like it doesn't it doesn't um express anything within me so that's probably why i don't connect with it and it as a vocalist like hearing people scream it makes me physically feel the pain in my vocal cords and then that's pretty much it everything else i can understand and get down with like i could i'm like i could see why people like that
0: right i think i like you know i've dabbled into the heavy rock with like audio slave and just a couple different bands there But the lead singer has amazing vocal so like they'll sing on a track and i'm like wow that's really great then they'll scream on a different one and you're like why aren't you just singing the whole time question
1: yeah so when you said that i was going to say is it because he's melodic so the 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 band you just mentioned Mm -hmm. is that is that a singing a melodic singer
0: so yes in a sense he's got just a fantastic vocal range Mm -hmm. and same with like shinedown as a lead singer, he sings like Simple Man as a cover for one Can just belt out singing. But then he mm-hmm. also is screaming on some tracks. Which is crazy. Right.
1: Like how you have such a good singing voice, but you're able and willing to, in my opinion, damage your voc- vocal cords to do this other song. Right. Maybe it's not damaged if they know, if they're controlling how they do it.
0: Yeah. It's a gift.
1: Evanescence, are they con- what are they considered? I would
0: like alternative rock.
1: Okay, I like I like their
0: music. Yeah, they had the one that um, I can't remember the name of the song. It's um, super popular.
1: I can hear it in my head. I'm not gonna try anything no. right now. Wake,
0: Wake me up. Me there up you go. Inside. Steve with the assist on yeah. this one.
1: Um, yeah. So that's not heavy metal. I'm trying to see if there's any like. No, I can't do like or...
0: Slipknot. No, that's not for me. Yeah. I can give it a listen, but I don't really understand.
1: I've heard a Slipknot or Corn. I've heard of corn too.
0: Yeah, they're very popular. So then
1: maybe there are some songs that I can't get down with that fall under
0: more heavy that rock. genre.
1: But like the screaming stuff, that Oh
0: yeah, no, that's not for me.
1: That's that's death metal.
0: Yeah, we'll go death metal.
1: Okay, that's the that's the genre I can't get down with. Okay, anyway.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Moving on. When did you know, or when did you decide that singing was going to be?
1: So. Okay, so I would sing along to the songs on the radio. And then that would be like in my room and stuff. And then my mom, uh, we were working at the... She was working at the Boys and Girls Club. And we attended the Boys and Girls Club um, as members. And they had a, a talent show coming up. And I signed up. And my mom wasn't aware that I liked to sing or that I could sing. <clears throat> then some of the kids, in her, she worked in the art room. Some of the kids must have come up to her and was like, Miss Yvonne, Miss Yvonne, do you know that your daughter's um performing in the talent show? And then she's like, which daughter? Because she has three of them. Right. And they were like, Ashley. And then, uh, so when she realized that it was an interest and an ability of mine, she would encourage me to sing for people. So when did I realize it? I think I just knew that I liked to do it. And I and I could sing along with these songs that I enjoyed. So maybe that's when I realized it. And that was like at a younger age, like maybe 10 or so. And I would be writing my own songs too at that time. But when I start actually like singing out and like being encouraged to do that is when my mom found out and she kind of like pushed me to perform in front of people and in a positive way, not push me like Get out there. no. Although sometimes I feel, like, even to this day, she'll ask me to sing for people on the spot. And I'm like, mommy, why do you
0: do that? Like, but I just learned to just do it. She's just proud of you. She's proud of me. Yeah. She wants to show you off a little bit. Yeah. What were you singing then in the talent show? Do you remember?
1: I would always do, well, in the talent show, I did Aaliyah. I think I did I Care For You. Okay. Or four page letter. Four page letter. Okay. And then um, when she would have me sing for people, I I had my go to song, which was a Destiny's Child song. I think it's called Happy Face.
0: Okay. I was going to ask you, I got a couple pop quizzes, whether you like this or that. Mm -hmm. One of them would have been TLC or Destiny's Child.
1: Ooh, that's hard. Stuff. Ooh, I'm going to have to say Destiny's Child because I just. Did you? Ask, was that a real question? You it's just a asked. Real okay. question. Okay, so yeah, Destiny's Child, okay. but it's hard. But I definitely um, love TLC, and I had a lot of songs in my 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 life soundtrack consists of a lot of TLC, but m- more Destiny's Child than TLC.
0: Gotcha. Staying away from waterfalls.
1: I love waterfalls. I still perform that actually to this day. Really. Mm-hmm. I actually perform TLC songs more than destiny's child songs but yeah i just the harmonies beyonce it's
0: tough to beat yeah it is um another one for you Sync or backstreet boys
1: oh that's easy backstreet boys
0: right i, I love nsync too but well, they were my first i was in second grade and i got to go to both concerts and it was just my I didn't know much about concerts, music. I went to Backstreet Boys and InSync like a couple weeks apart That's from like each history. other. I know. I was didn't even know what I was in the presence of at the time.
1: Oh, my gosh. I went to um, Brian. Is Brian, right? From Backstreet Boys. Yep,
0: one of the lead singers. He
1: uh, ended up doing like a Christian contemporary like solo career. OK. And he performed, I think it was at the state fair. And I went and saw him. Nice, And that was the closest thing I ever got to seeing Backstreet Boys live. Everything else was on video. And of course, but I was a Backstreet Boys fan.
0: Yeah, I had I was split. I really liked Sync, but I think Backstreet Boys had better songs.
1: Why don't people ever talk about 98 Degrees?
0: They, you know, it's another great group. There mm-hmm. was a year of the boy bands, mm-hmm. kind of all of them going through. Um, Nick Lachey, he was on Top of the World, and then he mm-hmm. was with Jessica Simpson for a while. Yep. And then his brother in there, too, right? Drew? Drew Lachey was also 98
1: Degrees. I forgot his name, but I knew that, uh, they
0: think, were, like, the cute ones. I think things. they only had, like, four songs, though, that really popped out.
1: I can't even think of one right now, but I know if you started singing this one, i, like I promise you. Line. Oh, yeah, 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 one? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, then you had all these groups like O-Town come out. O-Town. Because I Want It All or Nothing at All. They How's it up, go? Cause I want it all, or nothing, nothing at all. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. And there's a bunch of groups that kind of came around that were like that, but I always revert back to as well, like Boys to Men. Yeah. I mean, they were like the
1: predecessors rent. of Backstreet Boys and of the boy band,
0: the R and B boy band.
1: Did you like Jagged Edge?
0: I love Jagged Edge. Jagged Edge. Oh. They always played. um they always had one going at a club all the time. Yeah. Let's get married remix.
1: Oh, they had everything. Yep. The, um. And uh. And whenever I try to like list stuff, my mind goes blank. That's but okay. like, it's a vibe. It's like
0: oh, it's so the,
1: nostalgic and
0: it was, Everybody knew what was going on when they were playing that. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. We were so blessed with music. Oh in my. Nineties, two thousands.
1: It will. The kids of today will never know. Well, no, no. you know the same way we know about music from like the seventies and eighties, even though we didn't like live through that era. If they want to, if they want to, and if their parents expose them to it,
0: that's the biggest thing. I keep trying to push more music on my nephews; they're not as open to it as I'd like them. So
1: they like the music of today?
0: Yes and no, because it's all they know. Yeah. I hope you're doing. My daughter, she
1: she came. She knows songs that I don't even know from like back in the 60s and 70s because her grandparents listened to it and she was like up under them a lot growing up so she knows songs i'm like how you know that song she's like "Uh, my grandma my grandpa listens to it or my dad listens to it she has a very like much broader repertoire of music than i did at her age
0: can she sing does she sing
1: she can sing she can definitely hold a note she has a good ear she's not she she's not like a let me sing for you. Right, the kind of person. She's more shy and like, but she can she can sing. Nice. It's mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm.
0: Very cool. Well, let's move to the Voice, which I'm sure a lot of people probably know you from. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't, Ashley was on the Voice, not only on the Voice season five, but four chair turns. Oh yeah,
1: four chair turns. Top thirty two contestant.
0: No big deal. No big deal. So how did that come about? I guess in now I've heard some stories of. You know missing it almost and mm-hmm. kind of how it all played through
1: yeah so let me see if i can tell this i'm a very detailed storyteller so i'm gonna see if i can like convey the details but keep it succinct sure. so i met a young woman at a performance that i did she came to see another artist named ashley gold who's um a singer in town in minneapolis twin cities local scene and then she i was performing and she was like oh my goodness Now I like I'm a fan of you now, and I you know I like Ashley Goldie and Ashley Debose. Like you guys are awesome, and she started to follow me. We connected, um, like on Facebook and stuff. And she dropped me a note to let me know that The Voice was going to be in town, and she thought I should audition. And I was like, Oh, I know about The Voice. Like it was fairly new. It was only the second year because they do two seasons a year. So they were auditioning for season four. Okay, and I was like, so she told me like a day before they were going to be in town or maybe two days, but the day that they were going to be auditioning, my sister had a graduation party. So I was getting myself together and I had to go help with that or at least attend. can't remember if I was helping, but um, I had to register, miss the registration deadline to register to audition at 7 a.m. They had 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. Eleven a.m. was full. When I went online, it was nine, but the seven a.m. slot was open. But I was like, I can register for seven, but it's already after seven. So how is this gonna work? So I sent an email and I'm like, hey, you know, to the info at nbc.com or info at the voice or whatever. I was like, hey, you know, I'm a hopeful, you know, singer. I live in Minnesota and I would love the opportunity to audition, but here's the situation type of thing. And so I didn't hear back, and I continued to get ready and, uh, for the graduation party. And I, it was on the way. So I said, I'm just going to pop in and see what's going on mm-hmm. on my way to the graduation party. Because it was literally like five minutes from where the graduation party was. So at the XL Energy Center. So it's a super hot um, summer day. I get down there, and the line had just got inside the building cause it had been wrapped around the building all morning. So at this point I'm like just shooting my shot, like hopeful. I had my daughter at that time. She was, she was young. She was like probably like three or something. Sure. So I brought her inside and I got a talking to by a bodyguard who was like, what, do, why are you? This is like a job interview. Why do you got your, your kid with you? Like, what do you think this is? You're not taking this serious. And I'm like, oh, shoot. So I called my brother and I'm like, can you come pick Cameron up? Because uh, I'm trying to audition for The Voice right now. And they you know, they said I shouldn't have her with me. So my brother came and souped her up. And I um, ended up going through the audition process. So the the there's many rounds of auditioning. This is like the cattle call, cattle call round where they Correct. call like 10 people in a room and you each get up and sing. And they tell you, um, they, they call the names of the people they want to stay and everybody else, you know. Um, so I got up and sang Killing Me Softly. And then the other nine people sang. And then, so she only called my name. She called me up to the table and she was like, um, you have a nice voice, but that song is very like...
0: Outdated. Outdated.
1: I, I don't know if she used that word, but you know, I got the, the, the point. She's like... They want they want to hear more like contemporary songs. So as you move forward, like if you move forward or whatever, like think about choosing more current songs. I'm like, okay, but like in my mind, I'm like, this is a classic. What right. you mean? But anyway, so um, got the callback, and the callback is a uh, you come back the, like a few days later. And you choose three songs and you perform those three songs. If you play instrument, you can bring your instrument with you, or you could bring an accompanist, or you can sing to a track. Okay. So I had an accompanist and I had a track. So the first song went well, can't remember what it was. Second song was Killing Me Softly. Now I had the track and I had my friend on guitar, mm-hmm. Omid, and we were going to play and sing with the track. But that song starts off with a very low bass note and I couldn't hear it. So... When the bass note came in, I started singing because it goes bass note, vocal, and then later on the guitar will come in. I came in on the wrong note. And now Omid knows as a musician, like he knows the key it's supposed to be in. Right. I can't remember if he started playing with me in spite of the track being in a different key or played with the track in spite of me being in a different key, but it was like half of the song trying to get on the same page. Oh boy. Me trying to like, so it was very uncomfortable, but finally, like halfway through the song, we got on the right track and it was smooth sailing from there. So I was like, Ooh, that was embarrassing. But I'm like, I think I pulled it off anyway. I think they can see past that. Hopefully.
0: Right.
1: And then, um, they invited me to the next round, which was an interview. So same day you go in this like room interview with the person, they videotape it. And so I'm like, okay, this is good. like, Cause they could have just told me, thank you, yeah. sent me on my way. But they let me go to the next round. of. So then they're like, oh, thank you for the interview. Um, here's the information. You'll hear from us in a month. If you don't hear from us, then it means you're not moving forward. Right. So a month goes by. And I'm hopeful up to the very end. Of and I didn't get the phone call. And I'm like, dang it. I think it was because of that glitch, you know, in the beginning of Killing Me Softly. So then I heard they were coming back. Not coming back to Minnesota, but they were auditioning again because they do, they do two seasons a year.
0: Okay.
1: And they were going to be in Chicago. And Chicago is just like a hop, skip, and a jump. So I'm like, I can either fly or drive, but I felt good about the audition process the first time around for season four. I'm going to try again.
0: Okay.
1: Go to Chicago. So I sent out an email because I'm like, well, maybe they'll just like let me go to the next round instead of doing everything again because right. I just did all that. So... Sent an email out to two different places. One was the casting director who we had all that information on that sheet. That's like, here's the next steps. And the other email I sent was like to info at the voice, the same one that I contacted last time. And I basically said, hey, I auditioned for the last season. Um, I got up to this round. Is it possible to audition again? But like, just start where I, <laughs> I just be so <laughs> what is the word? My mom always calls me this Entitled. Oh. entitled anyway but you know if you don't ask you don't you know exactly so basically the first person responded and was like oh the casting director was like sorry you got to get back in line with everybody else mm-hmm. then the whoever responded from the info at the uh the voice email they were like sure uh, i got you a uh you know a, a appointment interview for the know? three songs again yeah exactly okay. so i was like So grateful. Oh, yeah. So um, went through that process. Long story short, every round. And and I saw that bodyguard. He was like, I remember you. I was like, yeah, I remember you, too. But he was friendly. So I was like, that's nice. I got to, like, have a more positive experience within the second time around. But I felt like, oh, you remember me? I'm memorable. Okay, this is good. And some of the people remembered me as well um, who were casting and stuff. So um, I sang... Killing Me Softly, I sang, you know, I'm not going to just get no, rid of my song. No, right. <laughs> um, And I sang Diamonds by Rihanna, and I sang another one. And I can't remember what the third one was. But um, they ended up wanting me to do Diamonds for my blind audition. So I went through these rounds. It's like four pre-televised rounds, four different points where you can be let go. Jeez. I finally got to the, the blind stage. audition. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I remember that moment. I will never forget it. I was so nervous and um the lights went low like you have no warm-up time to like get comfortable on stage it's just like lights so it's low. all
0: real just like the tv show kind of shows oh yeah for the singers. you don't
1: get a redo it's like this is this is it oh it's like jumping in and swimming and it's like you sink right. or swim so the lights were low and then you hear the band they have a real band mm-hmm They're like, shine bright like a diamond, and I'm like just swimming, so I'm just like get through the song, hit the note. Like there's like that big note that I was so scared of, yep, and um that I had labored over in the you know rehearsing and getting ready for it. So anyway, I'm just like just swim, hit the notes, hit the words, like, and then before I know it, (laughs) like they turned around. And then I guess Sila was like, I guess I'm going to turn around too. So I got like three and a maybe. <laughs> but anyway, all four of them turned around and it was like a dream because all we needed was one person to turn right. around to be on the show, right. to like to get on a team. Mm-hmm. So then I knew I had made it
0: on. And I, I vividly remember watching and messaging you and being like, what team did you choose? I don't know if you remember. And I couldn't tell. I, I don't know. remember that, but I was like, me. I was like, oh man, I... I wonder what team she picked, because I always I was trying liked to get that Adam. inside scoop. Yeah, I was uh-huh. like, Do you pick CeeLo? I was hoping you pick CeeLo oh. or but you know, inevitably.
1: A lot of people were like, Why did you pick Adam? Like, why didn't you pick pick CeeLo? You wanna know the answer to that question? Adam had a
0: massive team that year. He did. That's what made it tough for you. Yeah. Because you had to go up against the best early.
1: And see somebody else, because we're all behind the scenes trying to like strategize and they're like well, you know, Blake is gonna want his country artists to right. win. So, but which is not really true, because in in retrospect, first of all, Blake's first um, the person, the first person who ever won on Blake's team, I think, was a black man who sang R and B.
0: Uh, Javier.
1: You have a good memory. That's yeah. a,
0: amazing. Right? Yeah,
1: I think he was like the first.
0: He may have won. He may have been on Adam's team too, but that uh, he did win one year.
1: Right. So, and and so it's not the case that. Blake doesn't root for his non-country right. artists, but you know, we, we're back there trying to like strategize whose team are you going to pick and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to go with Blake because I'm not a country singer. And then somebody else was like, as we were finding out, cause it's supposed to be kept a secret, but like word gets out who's on whose team. Okay. So somebody was like, if you pick CeeLo, he's got like a lot of people who like they're blowing. Like, so oh. if you're not like a running, blowing artist. like you might not make it on that team. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. Cause you know, I'm like trying to, I'm more like a pop singer. Like, yeah, I'm all an R and B singer, but I'm not like a belt out these high notes and do all these acrobatic runs kind of singer.
0: But I think your voice is so unique. It is different Thank in a sense where it doesn't have to be pop or you right. don't have to blow it out.
1: Right. But in this competition,
0: Right. And I when you're, you're
1: going saying. up against people like Tess Anchin. <laughs> right. So I couldn't I couldn't avoid it. Like this is like that kind of show where people like to see people hit those notes. And I guess as time went on, actually, they kind of appreciated more sultry, more tonal voices. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also as the style of music kind of um got away from so much big belty singers to more like singer songwriter. I feel like it kind of favors more singer songwriters like people who aren't doing like big acrobatic things with their voices but more tone right but anyway so they were like don't pick CeeLo, because he got these people on his team and then i'm like well going into the the competition i always thought when i would watch the show me and adam i'm like i see eye to eye like all his feedback and the people who tend to be on his team and stuff i feel like we have the same kind of taste right and um i'm like we would see eye to eye i think he would get me so I said, if he turns around, I'm gonna pick him. And then Christina was never really like a real option in my mind. I think it was more just like personality thing, right. you know. As I was watching the show, I'm like, I don't think I would vibe with her personality wise. But um, she she had really great things to say too. So like in retrospect, I'm always like, well, what would have happened if? Uh. But um, Blake had really nice things to say when when I had left because by the when I got knocked out because I lost to Tess Ann. The only coach who had a save left was my coach and he couldn't save me back right. to his team but Blake was like man I wish I had a save I would have totally like had you on my team and he liked my raspy you know he's like you have this quality of your voice that I can't explain it but so like he really appreciated my vocal style and stuff and have really good things to say. So in retrospect, I'm always like, and he was the first person that turned around
0: just before Adam. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So when I watch it back in retrospect, I'm like, dang.
0: Hindsight's always going to be 2020. Yeah, right.
1: but the cool thing is, I could say I lost to the winner because exactly. Testin went on to
0: win, and I was
1: rooting for her the whole way after when I was off the show.
0: She was a powerhouse,
1: and she's such a sweet person too behind the scenes. Good. You know, you I love when people have talent and they also have like a sweet personality or just like a fun personality it's not just talent they're not like stuck up because they're so great
0: right so from that contest i mean not just physically being able to hit what you want to but mentally like the preparations and the four Mm -hmm. auditions i speak about this a lot like having a strong mentality being able to overcome things was this different was this the first time you faced kind of like in life or musically When you had to, you know, step up Mm -hmm. to these challenges?
1: Well, so we both left Gustavus after two years because we had life-changing events, right? Very different life-changing events, but it pivoted us nonetheless. And so when I found out I was pregnant, that was a, a challenge in itself, like having to Um, accept or make a big decision whether to continue the pregnancy and how am I going to, you know, what's my life going to look like moving forward? Am I going to be able to finish school? Like, so it it was a very mental and emotionally taxing time in my life. So I, it's not that I had never been through, obviously it's completely different than a singing competition, but you have to um, put things into perspective Mm -hmm. and like kind of look outside of the now look, long-term and, you know, way pros and cons and everything. I, I'm a very analytical person. So I literally made a list of here's what my life would look like if I decided to move forward with the pregnancy. Here's what, you know, it would look like, or like the pros and cons of moving forward or terminating my pregnancy. Um, so that, and I had a depression and everything related to that too. So, um, To answer your question it wasn't the first time i had to like mentally and emotionally um adjust or like prepare myself right um but it was very like i had a very physiological like response to the whole thing like before i went out to sing the last song in the knockout round, I was in tears because I was like, I see where this is going. They put me up against Testan, And you know, like, it's like the end of the day, I know the saves were probably used up. I'm like, they're trying to kick me off the show. Oh and I'm like, "But I got to pull it together. I still got to get out there and I got to sing through the nerves, right. through the knowing that I wasn't going to win. Like I knew when they told me who I was going up against, I was not going to win that. But the question is, am I going home or am I going to go to a different team? Right. Um, And then, like, the idea of, like, overcoming insecurities and and facing those insecurities on a national stage, international stage. Right. You know, that was a lot. Um, I worked with with, uh, actually two different vocal coaches behind the scenes that they provided to us and talked about, like, my fears of, like... High notes, and I'm like, I'm trying to play it safe, and I want to do this song, not this song, because this song is going to stretch me. It might embarrass me if I'm not able to like do it well. Mm-hmm. And so, those were some of the mental things I had to deal with um, behind the scenes of of The Voice. And then accepting when I realized this is the end of the road, you know, like keeping a positive mindset about it. Um. And I think, like, that's that's how I was able to also make that decision of I'm going to be a mother. I'm going to make it work anyway. I'm going to do what I can to still finish school. Uh, I'm going to do what I can to still do music and, and all these things that I'm worried that I won't be able to do. I'm going to try my best. And here's the positives. Yeah, I'm not having my daughter young, but we'll be able to be, like, you know, I'll still be young when she's like 10 and we can be like friends and we have conversations and stuff like that. So looking on the bright side of things and that's the same thing I did when I realized, okay, I, I've lost the, the knockout round. I'm not being saved. This is the the end of the road. All these possibilities that I I had for myself that could come of this, you know, competition. I never really thought I was going to win, but I, you know, everybody wants to get far. And, um, you know, when it's like, nope, this is as far as you go. And it was like, well, it was a great experience. Like automatically I turned to all the positives. I'm like, I got to come out to LA, see palm trees for the first time and get this wonderful experience and work with these um, amazing people, you know, from the choreographers to the, to the PA staff, just like helping us behind the scenes to these stars that have heard me sing now and encouraged me and told me great things about my abilities. Like it's not all bad. So it's basically like looking on the bright side of things. And that's kind of, um, what I, that's kind of like how I get through a lot of things in life. A lot of hard stuff is just looking on the bright side.
0: You know, I start these podcasts by basically choosing to focus on the positives rather than negatives. Mm -hmm. Cause for me, I mean, the negatives will just pile up every day. Every little thing needing help with everything. So, mm-hmm. it sounds like this is why we're we're so close. So, mm-hmm. same mentalities over here. Right. Um. Did that voice going through open up doors when you did get eliminated? Was there somebody waiting after to say we really love your music, your mm-hmm. style, your tone? um we'd love for you to be your agent be something mm. i can just imagine someone just picking up the phone and being like hey we saw you on tv yeah come come sing for us
1: you know a lot of opportunities came of it but i didn't get an agent or a manager which i i at one point i was like i wish i did because it shocks me yeah and you know sometimes it's like a numbers game like the the further you get in um to the competition the more of an audience you build, the more, you know, I feel like labels want somebody who's kind of got a built in fan base. And because I got cut so early in the competition and there were still like, you know,
0: building 20 up,
1: uh, more people. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I feel like when you get to that top spot, when you've gotten so much exposure and the spotlights more heavily on you. Then that's more enticing for somebody to be like, okay, I want to come in and invest time and like sign this person. That's my guess is because I kind I didn't stay long enough to really build a real fan base, and I didn't cultivate what I did have from the time that I was on there to like build it bigger to attract um, labels. Sony did reach out about a song that I put out, but it wasn't from The Voice. So, like, okay. okay, so that's one thing. Um, But also, the, yes, I got a lot of opportunities to perform. Okay. And it was mainly in Minnesota. Right. You know, because I was on the news. Like, me and Holly, um, I forgot her last name. you No? No.
0: Nope.
1: She sang uh, Creep. Okay. And it was really
0: big. I remember her. She
1: was also, I think, a four-chair turner. But, like. She and I both um, were from Minnesota. We both got eliminated in the same round. So uh, the press and everything surrounding our participation on The Voice got us a lot of opportunity. Well, I don't know what it did for her, but like it got us a lot of exposure in Minnesota. So I was able to catapult my career in town. And still to this day, people will like put Ashley DeWells from The Voice on the bill. Like there's, It's a resume, you know, thing that has helped me. And I think just the exposure and the fact that there's a million singers, right? Maybe not a million. There's a lot of great singers. But when you can kind of stand out above the crowd and, you know, because of an accolade like The Voice or whatever, that gives you more opportunities and more visibility. And like if somebody thinks, oh, we need a singer, you're going to more quickly come to mind type of thing. Right. So that helped in, in in that way. And I've been able to, you know, sustain myself from the success in the exposure.
0: Because, the yeah, and you should be proud of The Voice. You should be able to hang that accolade wherever you go. Thank and, you. of course, and with that, too, you had a few singles before The Voice mm-hmm. that kind of kicked off your solo career. Mm-hmm. And then
1: I had a whole album, actually. Oh, I remember that was what yeah, we were talking something about. more. But yeah, something more was also a single and it was the title of my album.
0: OK. And then you did release. How long was BU after The Voice? Was that your first one after The Voice? Yep. Okay. So
1: I did. So something more and then I did something more acoustic because I wanted to put something out before I signed the contract with The Voice. Because like if you put anything out or write anything during your time on The Voice, they technically own it. Oh, I know that stuff. So it was like, okay, let me put this out real quick so I so I don't have like this huge gap in putting out content. Um and it was an acoustic version of the album so I didn't have to like rewrite a bunch of songs, but it was like a different vibe and you know, I was just like I need to put something out. And then um once I was off the show, I started working on the BU album. It was supposed to come out So I I was on the show in uh, 2013, Mm -hmm. and then late 2013 was when they aired my exit from the show. Started working on the next album. It was supposed to come out in 2014, but it got pushed back twice, and it came out in the beginning of
0: 2015. Okay. Got it. And I still listen to Intoxicated off that album. Yeah, Intoxicated.
1: got It it was so big. Like That's the one Sony reached out to me about I don't even know how it got so viral. Like, like it has like six million plus streams on Spotify alone, and then like other platforms. I'm sure it has its big numbers. But um, I wrote that in my room while I was painting my painting my uh, my first not my first apartment, my second apartment, but the first one didn't allow me to paint. So when my second one, when I moved into that one, and they said it was an art 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 space like an artist's live workspace. Yep. So they were really open to you, like making the space your own. I was painting everything, my daughter's room, my room. So I'm in the room like late at night just coming up with the course. And then I was thinking about my relationship with my daughter's dad, which is ironic because I never really wanted to get back with him or anything, but it was just like a hypothetical what if scenario mm-hmm. that inspired the song. Then later on we ended up getting back together
0: maybe you brought it to fruition
1: maybe yeah so i'm like oh let me start singing about all the things i want in life
0: your dream board coming to life Mm -hmm. i yeah i mean i am so infatuated with music and having artists like on the show i have so many questions just about writing music right mentally you're painting a room and you're thinking Mm -hmm. this is probably your biggest single i would say intoxicated you're painting your room yeah like is this something where you found it's easier and comes through easier when you're not thinking about it yes. versus sitting down being like pen and paper. I need something. Yes,
1: I got chills just like thinking, I don't know what these chills are for. That's interesting. So like chills are good to me. Whenever I get chills, it's like a spiritual thing. Okay. Um. Yeah. Sitting down and writing with the pen and paper with a beat is so taxing and like frustrating because you're so rigid and it's like, come up with something now. And right. It has to, Be this tempo and it has to match this key and it has to go, you know, and it's just like that's not free enough, you know. So when I'm doing something like taking a shower or washing dishes or vacuuming the floor, I came up with B U when I was vacuuming my living room. It's like these mundane tasks where your mind's just able to just float and it's usually when I'm in a good mood. Okay. I've come up with songs when I've been sad before, but they didn't really do much. I mean, they, I'm sure they connect with somebody somewhere, but right. like the ones that have really like made a mark and like people say like, that's my favorite song. It's like songs that come when I'm in a good mood.
0: Nice.
1: And yeah, I think it's just the freedom and the, the your mind is to be on autopilot. Your body, you don't have to think too much. You know, when you're washing dishes, it's just like, You have to think about it. You're able to go somewhere else.
0: So then do you write that down or how do you memorize?
1: I just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it until I sometimes I repeat it so much that it just becomes like a memory and it'll pop into my consciousness later on. Sometimes I'll do that and then I forget it and it's somewhere in the recesses of my brain and it's like, dang, I should have wrote that down because that was good. Sometimes I record it as a voice note on my phone. Okay. And then. Yeah, I'll write it down to or type it into my phone.
0: I don't want to give away your secret, but it sounds like you write great songs when you're doing chores.
1: And that's probably why I haven't been able to write in so long because <laughs> I need to clean my friggin' house.
0: <laughs> there you go. We may have a new I need album. I clean my, my room. <laughs> we may have a new album coming out before you know it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, no, that's, it's just interesting to me. I always wanted to know um, where it comes from, if you're writing poetry, if you're just thinking of certain things. Is it more current events with what's going on? Like you'd mentioned, kind of tapping back into what ifs. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it something that you may see one day or think about a memory? It's really... Just sporadic.
1: Sporadic. Um, whenever, I'm um, like, love is a big one, you know, like in love or there's a love interest or there's, like, something on the horizon, like, that's exciting and new. Um, Or if it's just like a beautiful day And I feel so grateful Like it's just Like just looking outside right now At the the sun And like the trees and stuff It makes me feel good I'm like I bet I could Probably write something If I had the leisure To just Not think about a million things I gotta do Right Right Um, Sometimes it's like Yeah sometimes current events You know Like Die Tomorrow I talked about some things Like I'm thinking so I put a lot of There's a lot of songs of mine that have, like, lessons in them, too. So when I think about life lessons, I'm like, how can I turn this life lesson into a song? Like, how can I put the medicine in the music,
0: you know? uh, One of my close friends loves J. Cole, and he loves kind of his lyrics and how they hit. A lot of those are life lessons.
1: I was just watching a video of his yesterday. Not a music video, just him talking about love and marriage and how relationships take work. And it's not always roses and blah 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 he's such a wise person and Mm. it makes so much sense when you see his interviews and you hear his music like but he does a good job of making his music still like you know edgy enough and catchy enough but he puts the medicine in there he put the messages in there
0: i would say he's one of my favorite rappers that's still doing it today Mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot but i still like his stuff
1: yeah i like him too
0: No, that's that's great and then you know as we just Kind of continue with the mindset. You know, you're in, while you're singing, in a competitive landscape. Like, what do you think separates you from the next person? Or what did you want to say to yourself? Like, how can I become better than the next person that's trying to audition? Does that go through your mind at all? Is that something that you ever like thought about?
1: Well, I'm not a very competitive person when it comes to music, but I do there's been the thought of like when I start to compare myself to other people, I remind myself why I appeal or what I have to offer. Like, yeah, that person can be good. We can all have something to offer right. just because you have something to offer. don't mean, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I think about, okay, what do I have to offer? And I think I have that perspective. I think my melodies are like, I, I pride myself in songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying I write the best songs and they're better than everybody else. It's just that I t- I'm very intentional about what I write. Like I'm not I can't imagine just like coming up with something, but people do it all the time. And I wish I could be that person who's like, oh yeah, just like whip this up, just freestyle this. I'm like, what freestyle it? Like how you know? Because I'm like I have to be very intentional about like everything I'm saying and it has to make sense. And I don't like throwaway lines because. Right. I'll always hear it and I'll always know that was a throwaway line. And I won't be it won't sit well with me. Even though everybody else might love it, love it. So I pride myself in my intention behind what I write and what I put out. Got it. Yeah.
0: Um hypothetical, if you could sing with someone that are alive, who would it be?
1: Oh, that's a good question, a hard question. I've been asked it before and I have said India Re. but let me just give this some good thought right now. Okay, dead or alive. Yeah, because I like her content, and when it when it comes to like um, being intentional about you know what we sing about, sh- sh- we would vibe on that. You know, we wouldn't just begin on a track saying any old thing just because it sounds good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I, I stick. With that doing a song with her. I like it co-writing.
0: That yeah. would be cool. That would be sweet. Maybe she'll see this someday. <laughs> Call me India. There you go. So DM me. What is Ashley up to now?
1: Okay, so right now I'm currently making a baby. Baby number I mean, three. I don't have to do much. I just live and it grows inside of me. <laughs> it's kind of nice. You don't
0: have to downplay it.
1: <laughs> yep, but baby number three is okay. on the way. So I have a 14-year-old daughter, Cameron, and I have a 20-month-old as of now. When this drops, I'm, he might be 21 months cuz he's like 20 and a half months. What does that mean in layman's term? He won. he's one. One one two. Um and then I have a baby boy due in January. Well, January 1st. So could, could be, be December.
0: First, could be the 1st baby born in 2024.
1: <laughs> could be.
0: There you go. I think they 1201. Get, they get yeah. something. I think they get something on TV or news. I hope, I hope you get some money. <laughs> That's all I want. So, all I
1: Fucker Smith. <laughs> some money.
0: You, uh, you're still singing. Mm-hmm. More so in your band.
1: Yep. So I sing with the cover band. We just did a couple holiday shows um, called North Star. The holiday shows weren't called North Star. The band is called North Star. And we did a couple holiday shows. I was out of commission for a while because I got injured. Um, so I was like, for a month and a half two months actually out of work not performing had to give up a bunch of cool opportunities i was going to fly to florida to sing bu for this for this like big conference where it could have resulted in more opportunities to sing down the road and they would guess it wasn't meant to be somebody else needed that opportunity because i got injured and couldn't do it so um anyway so that that's fun that set me down and that was also a mental challenge. It was a lot of pain, a lot of getting through, and like finding the good in the in the situation. Right. Um. I I want to make more music, but I want to have something to say. I don't want to just make it just because I think, oh man, it's been a it's been a while.
0: Yeah, I feel the need to have to put stuff on?
1: Yeah, but um, it's there. I feel like it's brewing. I feel like right now it's just a chapter in my life where I'm focusing on being a mother. And I mean I've always been a mother, not always, but for 14 years. Mm-hmm. But when my daughter was younger, I was juggling school, performing, trying to like build this career as an artist. I was recording and and I, I stay busy. I feel like that's just like a part of me. Cause like even now I had shared with you behind the scenes, but like I'm, you know, picking up um IT again. So I have a degree in math and I worked in IT for a couple of years and now that I have a baby on the way, I'm trying to diversify in um my income stream so that I can make money from home and IT is a great field to work from home um in and I already have like a foundation there so I'm like let me brush up on my coding skills. So I'm I'm keeping myself busy. I don't okay. know what life is going to look like when the baby gets here. But um so yeah, I'm a student and also developing real estate doing it off. Thing. This
0: goes back to the many hats that we started this yeah. interview with.
1: Okay, I'm like I was going somewhere with this, but um I feel like I'm able to be more present with my my son and my both of my children, but like my teenager is more like, you know, she likes to hang with her friends and do her own thing and be in her room and stuff. But like this time around I get to uh, you know, they're not in daycare. Whereas before my daughter was in daycare a lot. She was you know, I had shared custody, so she was kind of bouncing back and forth between households. And this time I feel like I have more time and focus on raising my son, yeah. soon to be sons. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's not going to be a blur as much. I get to relive those younger years. Of course. There's
0: absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with
1: that. Yeah. So I'm okay with not being super productive in the area of music right now i feel like life experience will inform my next creation yeah and this is time to get
0: those experiences could open opportunities that you never thought or experienced before or reliving them will maybe bring out some certain things Mm -hmm. that you've never had before so all for it sounds exciting right well i usually end with my guests now for your situation basically you know going through everything that you did going through The Voice, but then also like we talked about having Cammy at 20, mm-hmm. um, definitely seen a lot of trials and tribulations and going through and a lot of no's in your life, mm-hmm. um, a lot of rejection with music, with everything that you know comes with that because it's an extremely competitive, cutthroat industry. Mm-hmm. How do you continue to live life with hope and positivity even after living a life with... You know a lot of rejection throughout the career that you chose and going through i know it's a, a heavy question but
1: it is a good question um i think and thank you for making me reflect reflect on it too because sometimes we we do things without thinking about it right mm-hmm. we live without really thinking about how we live exactly and i'm like okay so i do believe that everything happens for a reason and i do believe that um even Closed doors are a blessing because you weren't supposed to go through that door. Maybe you're supposed to go through this door, you know, or this window, whatever. Um, I I believe what's for me is for me. And in hindsight, I'm able to appreciate not being thrust into the spotlight or getting certain yeses. And understand that um, when it comes down to either me or somebody else, it wasn't for me, it was for that other person. That other person was blessed in that. And I'm I'm doing okay. Like so when I look at, you know, what I have to be grateful for and um the things that are going well in my life, I wouldn't trade that because I don't know what the alternative looks like, but I know what right now looks like and I'm grateful for X, Y, Z. So that helps me um understand that even when I get a no or disappointment or unexpected. Circumstance can come up. Um, positive things can still come of that. So I think um, just that philosophy mm-hmm. that all things work together for my good, for your good. Um, and that this life, you know, everything is temporary anyway. The good and the bad, you know. So I think that helps me keep a positive mindset. I when I say keep. I don't say keep like I'm always positive because okay. I'm not. You're but, not
0: human, humans. Right. It wouldn't be.
1: But that's what I think of when I have, when I have a, when I'm faced with a choice, either be down and out about something, or if you can't do nothing about it, look at the things that are good that come from this thing that you can't control or make it what you want it to be.
0: Right. I love that. I think searching for the positives. I mean, that's basically my motto, living through life, kind of knowing where we come from all the little achievements that we've made along the way mm-hmm. um i think it just accumulates to where we are now and where we could go in the future mm-hmm. so well thank you again for joining me here today
1: thank you brendan for having me of this course. is so nice oh it, so fun we gotta we, we still gotta have a part two conversation where we catch up and i ask you a million questions
0: yes absolutely we'll get on the track <laughs> thank you this has been another episode of living life with brendan podcast with ashley dubose